So I'm pretty sure you've had this experience because I've had this experience where you're online, let's say you're on TikTok or you're on YouTube or you're on another platform that has people expressing all kinds of views. And you come across a video where people are saying things that just rub you the wrong way. You know, it rubs you the wrong way because you feel at the core that what they're saying has been manipulated or they are taking advantage of a certain outlook that is widely accepted and changing it in such a way to fit their narrative, but that ultimately distorts that true thing. So this is exactly what I feel about passport bros. They take things that happen to be true or things that society in general has aspired to so the idea for example that there's a male figure in the household that that male figure figure has a value that people in relationships play certain roles and that there are roles that men play there are roles that women women play in straight relationships and that society as it has progressed has basically meant that some of those rules and some of those ways of behaving in terms of you know gender roles have basically become not quite obsolete but maybe not socially acceptable or maybe maybe not everybody aspires to those views anymore or maybe some people who aspire to those views aren't able to get them so not overly controversial outside maybe the feminist movement who would take issue on some of those things but for the most part you know like the average person probably believes some of these things however what ends up happening is that as you're listening to them and as you see the kinds of people who espouse the kinds of values that passport bros and men like them espouse, you feel at your center that they have transformed or they have changed the meaning of what those words mean, of what submission means, of what dominance mean, of what equality in relationship means, of what equity in relationship means, of what being a financial provider is and is not you know and also on some level what it means to be feminine what it means to be a woman in a relationship and what those expectations are so what i'd like to talk about today is the passport bros movement and for anybody who hasn't come across passport bros or movements like them, you know, the the their central belief is essentially in the name. And it's men who travel overseas, so they use their passports, and they're usually Western men, American men specifically, who travel to other countries, non-Western countries. And the reason they leave the U.S. and they leave the Western world in pursuit of these women in other places and usually developing countries is that they fundamentally believe that the women in the U.S., are unable to provide the things that they need. So some of those things that they say they need are one, women who know how to behave in traditionally feminine roles. So women who know how to behave submissively, women who know how to treat men in ways that, you know, would go with those things. So they defer to men, they allow men to make decisions, they allow men to be masculine, they allow men to be providers. Some of the other things I believe in is sexual purity. So they're looking for women who are sexually inexperienced or who haven't had a lot of lovers or a lot of relationship experience because they believe that women who have are corrupted. And finally, they are looking for women who um, um, essentially, I guess you could say, haven't been imbued or inculcated with feminist ideals around 
you know, financial independence or economic independence or just independence in general. So so women who see the value of having men at not only at the heads of the households, but just in general, seeing men as fundamentally valuable to have around because they are valuable in and of themselves and also because of the other things that I said in that they are providers, they are protectors, that they are able to make decisions that improve the quality of women's lives and that they are beneficial to the family structure. So, you know, they view independence as being at the root cause of some of, uh, some of these things. So in women who are overly educated, having more access to things, I guess, and therefore not willing to be submissive to men because they are career women who have access to other things things or as I guess the language they would use is they think that having degrees and having money entitles them to basically behaving like the man quote-unquote in the relationship so I think that's a pretty fair synopsis uh, you know overall of what they believe in or what the central tenets are, but I'm going to go a bit further and break them down into four points. So the first point that they have an issue with is around the financial expectations of women. So so they say that women expect men to be the sole financial provider, which is fine, but that along with this comes unrealistic expectations around money. So women who expect their rent to be paid, women who expect clothes to be bought for them, for them to have extravagant valentines and, rom- and romantic outings, and who expect expensive gifts like designer handbags and designer shoes. And they say unrealistic because you know, it'll be a woman, for example, who doesn't make a lot of money herself. So let's say she's on a humble wage and she's expecting her cohort or she's expecting the man on the same level as her to to make sometimes twice or three times as much money as he does. And when he doesn't make that much money to still spend money on things that he cannot afford. So for example, you know, it'll be somebody who is her age mate, And she might have the expectation that he's going to buy her designer handbags and to take her out to extravagant restaurants, even though she can't expect to do do those things. Or she will expect him to make car payments for her, even though, you know, he doesn't have the financial means for them. So that's probably one of the first things that they say about American women and their unrealistic expectations of, of men around finances. Now, when you look at the kinds of countries that passport bros go to, so they're primarily countries where, you know, it's 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 traditional countries. It's countries where there's a higher tendency for men to behave in traditionally masculine ways and women behave in traditionally feminine ways. And along with that comes expectations around money as well. So when they go to the Philippines or when they go to Latin American countries or when they go to African countries, these are also highly traditional societies, which means that those women in those countries also have the expectations that men are the sole providers and that they're going to provide in any in every way. So they're going to be paying the rent. They're going to be paying for school fees. They're going to be paying for them to live. They're going to pay for their clothes. They're going to pay for dinners. They're going to pay for basically all the things that passport bros say that American and Western women expect them to, to pay because in these societies, the men that are the domestic men, so the men from those countries are doing those things. So when 
you know, Latin American women are looking around or when African women are looking around or when Asian women are looking around, you know, most of the time the men are the financial providers for many different reasons, mostly because women don't usually have access to economic resources. And so they depend on men to be providers in that way and not just providers in the extravagant things like taking them out to restaurants or buying them beautiful gifts or buying them or taking them to to things. They expect them to provide for them in in every way because they don't have access to money. So when passport bros say that they abhor the unrealistic expectations, you find that actually they're happy to do those things in these other countries. So they're happy to give the women money. They're happy to take them to what those countries, what the equivalent in those countries would be fancy restaurants and to shower them with flowers and gifts and trips and all these things because they can afford to do so because obviously their incomes, you know, an American wage in a poor country is going to go significantly further than an American wage in the American context. Which leads me nicely into the second part of this in that if you know the countries that they go to, so they're going to Latin American countries, they're going to um, East Asian countries, they're going to sometimes South Asian countries, they're going to basically countries around the world where where the GDP per capita or the, the income levels of of residents is, is pretty low. So they're not choosing to go to places like Japan or to the UAE or to other rich non-Western countries. They're specifically targeting countries where basically people don't have a lot of money and where specifically the women in those countries are, of course, going to have even less money than the men around them are going to have. Now, the question then becomes, if these men, if passport bros and men like them are going to still be doing the same things in other in other countries, so specifically, they're going to still be paying for restaurant outings, bar outings, um, holidays, um, rent, clothes, gifts, if they're still going to be doing all these things when they're in Colombia or Thailand or Vietnam or Philippines or whatever poor country they, they visit then obviously the key differentiator is not so much the unrealistic expectation of Western women and and what they expect from men. It's that they are unable to provide these things in their own countries. So they can only afford to... So for example, in the Philippines, the the GDP per capita, so the average um, annual income per person is something like $299, so less than $300, which means that, of course, somebody with an American wage is going to be able to easily afford to buy all the things that I just listed and not just for one woman but for multiple women. So, of course when they go to these countries and they meet these women and these women have these expectations as do western women have the same expectations, then they don't feel burdened by and they don't feel like they are unable to measure up to these expectations. And of course that's why they feel so jubilant because they feel like they can finally measure up in that way. And the flip side of that is that they obviously don't feel able to measure up in the Western context. So they don't have the financial resources to be able to give all these women the things that they know are expected of them or the things, put in a, put another way, the things that they are happy to give to other women from other countries, they're not able to to give to women from their own countries because their wages don't stretch enough. And, you know, when we look at the stats around uh, around 
the the education levels between men and women and the level of progression of women vis-a-vis men you obviously see that in recent in recent years in the last 20 years or so women have made massive strides in education and also their earning income has increased specifically when you break it down by racial groups and for a myriad of other reasons specifically black women significantly out-earned black men in the US context and you can't help but note that passport bros or at least the initial influx of passport bros were mostly black men and other men of color but really primarily black men which makes sense because of course the women that they're the women in their countries aren't on their level in that same way so they don't feel as though they can be the financial dominators in that room because they are not earning more than the women and if they're not earning more than the women then of course they can't afford of course they feel resentful to have these expectations placed on them of providing all these things that they know that they are not able to do and especially if the women are able to to provide these things for themselves then of course they're going to have higher standards when it comes to choosing a mate because if they can provide these things for themselves already presumably they're looking for somebody who can provide at the very least the same quality of life that they expect or they can give them to themselves and ideally you know as many women would say online they probably want somebody to provide even more than they can give themselves and obviously the experiences of women from poorer countries is going to be radically different in many circumstances girl children aren't afforded the opportunity to go to school to go to school beyond primary school age or if they do go to school beyond primary age many don't go beyond secondary school so they don't have access to college or university or tertiary level education in general which means that the it means that the opportunities for, for example, working abroad are limited. It means that the level of job and incomes that they can earn in their own countries are limited. And that means that they are going to be reliant on men to provide for them financially because they, they don't have the means. And also, in general, the countries have fewer opportunities to go around. So the first opportunities in most circumstances usually go to men in these limited circumstances. So when they see men like password bros approaching them and leading with their money and leading with how they want they want women who are traditional then of course they're happy to comply with these things because essentially they don't have the economic resources to have choice in that circumstance and also you know it's basically what they expect anyway even if they were in relationships with men from their own countries it's a foregone conclusion it's not something that has to be expressed because it's so obvious that the men are going to be the financial providers in every respect now the second category of complaint of passport bros and men like them is around the issue of sexual liberation of women or what they perceive as overly sexual women. So what they say is this, they say, Western women, American women, are are too experienced essentially sexually they have too many partners, or they have too high of a body count. And that means that basically that they've been had by multiple people and they view that as a negative thing because they view women as as having value as long as they are sexually pure or as long as they are sexually innocent or sexually inexperienced shall we say so they view women's inherent value as being connected to 
who they've slept with. And part of that as well, I suppose, maybe that part that goes unsaid is perhaps if women have had more partners and have had more sexual experiences, then of course they have more things and more people to compare those sexual experiences with. And it means that they are able to make more demands on the men that they are with. And if those men, those men aren't able to fulfill them in that way, then of course the men are going to feel inferior and they're going to feel as though you know they're being un- unfairly measured against something that they are unable to achieve essentially so when they turn to these other countries these other non-western countries the perception of passport bros and men like them are that because these women live in in much more restrictive societies where you know they can't just go and do what they want to do you know it's 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 pretty patriarchal in that they have to preserve shall we say their sexual innocence and that you know often their opportunity at marriage is contingent on the fact that they remain abstinent until their marriage so when pastor bros look around at these countries they assume that these women are going to be sexually sexually pure sexually inexperienced because of these pre-existing conditions now if you note though what they maybe don't realize is that there's a negative perception of women who go around with Western men. So in most societies, in these, for example, for example, in in the African context, it is frowned upon to be going around with men who are not known to your family or not known to your community. So when people see you walking around with a stranger, especially a wealthy stranger, a stranger who seems to lead lead with his money, then the impression is that you are with that person for sex and that they are buying your time or they're buying your companionship in some way. And that's also the case in all these other countries as well. Bear in mind, you know, the people looking around are not naive. They know that when a wealthy, when wealthy American men or wealthy Western men come to the Philippines, for example, come to Thailand, they're not typically just looking for wives. That's why they make multiple trips. It's not as though they go on a trip and they say, you know, I'm going to find one woman who I can commit to and I'm going to marry her and bring her to the West or I'm going to stay here and we're going to start a family. No, they essentially treat them as sex vacations or they're not as explicit in they're not explicit in talking about the sexual element of these relationships but it's clearly there so when they're saying that they're buying all these strange women things like they're taking them out to bars they're buying them drinks they're taking them to restaurants they're making them all these promises they're worshiping them and talking about how they're so superior to western women well there must be more to it than that clearly so when the domestic population from these countries look on these women, it's unlikely that they are the women who they consider to be not morally upstanding because obviously that's not my views, but for the purposes of the, of this discussion, they're not looking, they're, they're unlikely to be the most pious women because in many of these societies, drinking is frowned upon, going to bars is frowned upon, going to clubs is being frowned upon, hanging around strange men who are flashing their money is frowned upon. So it's unlikely that they are the most quote unquote innocent or pure or morally upstanding if that's the lens that they view sex or which because presumably these women would never be out late at night in these places and in these circumstances and situations with these men in the first place. And many would assume seeing them walking around at night with these strange men who are who are buying up the bar and flashing their cash, they would assume that these women are probably sex workers in some variety. And also if you know the countries that they go to or the 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 countries where most of these videos come from are 
places where there's high sex trade, high tourism sex trades, basically, like places like Colombia or places like Thailand, you know, people go there not just for the lovely weather, they also go there for because of the sex tourism. So underneath, underneath all of this is the uncomfortable truth that, you know, essentially they are women who are trading their time for money or for things that are related to money that that's exactly what they're doing because bear in mind it's not as though passport bros speak their language they've got nothing in common culturally often passport bros are not there for the long term they're there for weeks or months and then they leave they may come back but you know they come back when they've got annual leave specifically from work so they're not they're not there all the time so you have strangers who come to your country you spend time with them and while you're spending time with them they buy you drinks they buy you food they buy you clothes they basically they basically you basically give them the girl the girlfriend experience so the uncomfortable truth is that they are women who trade their time for money and for financial benefits in kind no matter how you slice it which leads to i guess two observations Two observations. It must be that there are women who are in desperate conditions because why else would you want to be putting yourself in in risk by engaging with foreign men who come waving money and brandishing cameras at you and getting you to act out your acts of submission for the whole world to see? That's pretty degrading and pretty humiliating. So the fact that these women are willing to put themselves in these situations must mean that they need whatever the password bros are giving and what the password bros are giving is not meaningful conversation or in or helping them you know access education or helping them pay for edu no what they're giving them is essentially money so they're happy to take the humiliation because they're getting money from the password bros and the second observation is that because of the stigma that comes from hanging out with with strange men and drinking and going to bars and going to clubs in highly patriarchal societies and highly traditional societies, is it must be the case that it's probably women who do these things already because it's a high risk to take to engage in this kind of activity when you know that there's going to be social stigma that comes around you. So people are going to label you negatively. They're going to make assumptions about the kind of character and the kind of woman that you are. So if it, it, it's likely the case that they are already women who are outside the margins of respectable quote unquote society. Otherwise, they probably would have a lot more to lose by walking around town at night with these people, especially because they're not respectful people it's not as though they're businessmen on business and they're going home to meet their families and they're being introduced as, as their fiancés and they're making long-term plans to commit to these women no they're getting them drunk and probably doing drugs and doing all kinds of things at night and then they're taking off once their holidays are over and another indication that it probably has a lot more to do with sex than they let on is that you would think that they would go to poor countries that are highly religious because if they went to poor countries that are highly religious, for example, Afghanistan or Iraq or middle poor Middle Eastern countries, basically, then because those societies are so strict with women and women's sexuality, then of course they're going to get women who are sexually quote unquote pure. They're going to get virgins is essentially what they want. They're going to get those women and they're also going to get women who are inculcated with a society that tells them that that's they're, they're supposed to be submissive they're supposed to honor men by listening to them and obeying them and behaving 
as the way that the men wish. So if it wasn't about the sex, then they would probably they would probably go to countries where they're guaranteed to get the sort of idealized woman that they speak of. But instead, that's not what they do. They go to countries where there is high sex tourism, where women are much more likely to be liberal, and where they have access to women who basically can afford to walk around and do things that are probably compromising in that by that society's standards. Now, the third complaint that Passport Bros, and it'll be the second last point that I make, is they argue that Western women, American women, are too masculine, that they are living in their masculine energy, that they don't allow men to behave like men. So they don't allow men to be chivalrous. They don't allow, allow men to take the charge. They don't allow men to make decisions. They don't allow men to showcase qualities that they say are inherently masculine qualities and it seems as though women in the west or american women specifically want to dominate and they and they say that the reason why western women want to dominate is basically because they have allowed the economic resources they now have access to and the education they now have ex- access to to go to their head where they think that these accolades now changes or shifts the position what they would argue is the natural position of men being the dominant figures in relationships and in families and women being the deferential or the submissive ones in relationships now let's take the starting premise as being true that it is true that there are american women western women who are in their masculine that's probably true because there's all kinds of women there's women who are soft there's women who are hard there's women who who are dominant there's women who are submissive just as there are men who are soft and hard and submissive and deferential so women come in all shapes and sizes fine and in all kinds with all kinds of characteristics and some of those characteristics are ones that are unattractive to them because they are masculine and they take away from them the ability to be the masculine people in the relationship. Now, what I would posit is that opposites attract usually. So usually you have one set of quality, one set of way of being that attracts the opposite because it fulfills the opposite thing that you don't have. So, you know, when you're a very chilled person, you tend to make friends with people who are more decisive because you mellow each other out. And it is also true when it comes to masculine, quote unquote, feminine, quote unquote, energy, because presumably if they are only attracting masculine women, it must also imply that they are feminine men. Because why else? Because usually it doesn't, Usually, I mean, sometimes it happens, but usually you don't get two feminine people together and you don't get two masculine people together. Because again, as you said, as I said, people tend to seek out naturally qualities that sort of counterbalance what they have already. And often they also find attractive in the other what they don't have in themselves or what they aspire to themselves but don't have. So naturally feminine women will usually be attractive, attracted to, usually be attracted to masculine men. And masculine men will also be naturally attracted to feminine women. And it's also true that feminine men will usually also be attracted to masculine women because again they're looking for their yin and yang they're looking for naturally it's not even though it's not as if they're consciously thinking about these things i'm going to go and find out my counterpart counterpart but usually that's usually that's how things end up on the average so pointing the finger right back at them it seems as though on some level they don't measure up in these relationships in 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 the western context
And that's a little bit, or the clue to that is given in sort of the paradox when they're talking, that's evident when they're talking about finances. So they're complaining that Western women demand too much of them financially. They say that it's too much of a financial burden, as I made my first point, and that the fairer thing or the more equitable thing, especially because women are outstripping men in, in earning potential and in education, the more equitable thing will be for 50-50 dynamics, right? So they'll often say this. They'll say, what do you bring to the table? Why should I pay for everything when basically basically they're implying the woman doesn't have as much value or she's not worth paying for all those things for so on the one hand they want a hundred percent of the traditional role the traditional role being a man who is deferred to by his wife you know partner and family because usually because he's the sole financial provider and and they rely on him for economic resources and what comes with that is a level of respect and a level of fear because obviously that person that person is the means through which you're able to live your life and survive. So on the one hand, they're saying they want that traditional role. Women are unable to be the traditional women, but also they are bucking the trend because they are seeking 50-50 setups. They're looking for 50-50 dynamics, which is inherently counter-traditional. And it also means that it shifts the expectations and the role fulfillment available to them in the relationships that, are, that they're going to that they're going to seek. Because there is no way that a woman is going to be contributing 50-50 to the rent. She's going to be paying for half the groceries. She's going to be paying for half the, the school fees. She's going to be paying for half the dates. And then she's going to be 100% deferential to the man. That is simple sort of primary school reasoning skills it it doesn't make sense the only way that makes sense for for the for the man to have that 100% deferential is if he really does fulfill that traditional quote unquote role and at the core of that is not just the other good th- uh, the other good things like being stoic or being reliable being dependable being the anchor to your family also, the core tenant is being the sole financial provider. And that's the reason why they can expect the women to allow them to defer or to be deferential when it comes to making big decisions like where should we live? Like what what house should we buy? Where should we send our, our, our kids to? You know, women, it's not even just that women were happy to defer. It's that they literally didn't have a choice. You know, they didn't bring in the money. So they didn't feel able to meaningfully con- contribute. I mean, an opinion. I mean, sometimes they were given the right, the opportunity to speak up and, and express their views. But ultimately, the final decision maker came to the person. The final decision maker was the person who paid all the bills, obviously. So if they're unable to pay all the all the bills and they're not going to have access to all the decision making in any dynamic because why would an adult human being agree to that setup where they contribute 50 50 50 to everything but then they don't get a vote or a say in how their lives are navigated or where they get to live or even simple decisions like where to go to eat when they're going to be paying for half the bill that makes no sense it almost feels as though what the passport bros and men like them are asking for is essentially the permission or they're, they're they're asking for women to allow them to play a role they don't fulfill. They're saying, I know I don't meet up to the traditional standards of what's expected of a traditional man and of an alpha man, quote unquote, to use their language, but please allow me 
in the public sphere and in our private lives to pretend for both of us to agree that we're both going to pretend that that is the case. And part of that is going to include you allowing me to make all the decisions. It's going to include you deferring to to me and you also creating the impression around our family, around our friends, around society that actually I am, you know, I am the traditional role or I am playing the playing the traditional role I am quote-unquote the alpha male in this relationship even if they're not actually living up to that role in real life but the thing about power and respect is that there are things that you can't demand of people you know it the precondition for those things is is that you actually are those things so when you treat people in a way that tells them wow you know I can trust you, I can depend on you, you know, you fulfill that role, then of course, the natural outcome is that that respect and that power is going to be deferred to because it's self-evident. It doesn't have to beat its its hands on its chest and say, I am alpha, I am the man, I am powerful, because it's just evident in the actions that they take and in the way that they live their lives, obviously. And although online we see many sensationalist videos of, for example, I saw one when I was doing some research on this on this um, episode of this man who's put on a beautiful display for his girlfriend, who we, we think is his girlfriend. And there's petals on the floor, there's a big teddy bear, there's a, a plate of chocolates, there is, I think there's champagne or, or a bottle of alcohol brewing. And the woman is a beautiful woman in the shot and she's basically complaining because she's saying, yeah, but I, I wanted more of basically. She's saying she's she thinks it's nice, but where's the money? You know, I, I expected b- bigger things, I expected... I expected gifts. She's basically ungrateful. And um, the man responds by by taking his things and basically saying, you know, you are too much. And then the other video I saw was of this couple on their wedding day. And the, the woman is being asked to basically say, you know, the part where they agree to to obey their husband so it goes something like in richness and in poor and poverty and something like that you know you know the saying and then it comes to the part where the woman must also pledge basically to be obedient to her husband and she she balks at that part and it's a bit of a joke and the wedding party laughs so on the first video one you know it's a strange thing to be having that experience where you're having a romantic you're having a domestic situation with your partner because they're unhappy with what you've given them and so you're upset and you're expressing how you're upset it's strange that there's a camera rolling in that dynamic and that that man is recording his his partner in a semi-nude state because she's basically wearing a very short like satin dressing gown you know the kind of dressing gown you would wear just for your partner's eyes so I don't think they're the actions of an alpha man that he's upset at his partner's response or his partner's ingratitude. And his first thought is that he's going to take out his phone and record the situation for the world to see. Presumably that will be a private matter that should be handled in a private way because I mean, on a a self-serving way, all it shows is it reflects poorly in both of you. So it's rarely the case that you can speak ill of somebody without you know to some extent making yourself look bad as well because you're the person who's 
trying to make the other person look bad. But you do wonder, why would an alpha man record his girlfriend in a semi-sort of exposed way for the world to see, instead of just handling his business like a regular adult man would do? And then on the second one, with the video of the woman not wanting to say the words, I, you know, I will obey my husband, you think, there's no way that this is brand new information to you as the man. Presumably, you know that this is, this is the kind of woman that she is. I mean, when I saw the video, she was a beautiful woman. When I saw the video, I thought she's clearly a feisty woman. She's clearly a woman who, you know, does not subscribe to any of those things. So he's acting brand new as though he doesn't know his fiance or his wife to be. But I'm sure she must have shown she must have shown her colors before, you know, that that video. Now, going back to what I just said about how, you know, power and respect are given when they are earned, I can only assume that in the first case that either he is making poor decisions in that he's choosing women who are just ungrateful no matter what he does, or big gestures do not compensate for everyday failure. So sure, maybe you put on an extravagant display that you record for the internet for me on Valentine's Day. But in every other respect, there's a financial issue at the core of the relationship because she says, where is, you know, where is the money? So I don't believe that this is a person who is paying for, you know, that his, that who is paying his fair share in the relationship or who is paying the kind of money that somebody has to pay to be able to be treated as the leader in that relationship or to be deferred to in that way so you know even the fact that he recorded that valentine's day experience makes it feel as though it's a very rare thing so i i would suspect that she's probably not getting flowers on a regular basis i would suspect that he's probably not whipping out these romantic gestures you know all the time because you know the whole video feels it feels like it's for public consumption which again does not only not feel adult, but it doesn't smack of the kind of thing that an alpha quote unquote man would do. And in the second one with the man who literally is about to walk down the aisle of what he is trying to say is basically a masculine woman, is a masculine woman, then you must be a feminine man because presumably a masculine man probably wouldn't have found himself in the kinds of relationship that, that you find yourself in, you know, or that specific man in that video found himself in. And that ties in with what I said earlier about the key motivation for passport bros for going to poor countries. They're going to poor countries because they want to live out their fantasies of submission that they're unable to experience with Western women. So they're not going to feel belittled or rejected or as though they don't measure up or they can't play the quote unquote man in the relationship in these in these you know, relationships with women from other countries and in poorer countries, because automatically, because of the wages that they earn being American salaries, they are going to be the financial providers, the full financial providers. I don't think they're asking for these women to go 50-50 on them, with them on bills or, or paying rent or for dinners. I think that they are just paying for those things naturally, because obviously they've got significantly more money. And actually, a lot of women probably don't have that money. So, of course, they're going to get 100% of the deference. Of course, they're going to get 100% of the quote-unquote respect and, and the feeling of being quote-unquote the man in the relationship because these are men who obviously pine for 
you know, time's gone past. They're, they're pining for traditional roles. They're pining for that feeling of power that comes from being given the responsibility and being able to handle the responsibility of being the, the sole financial provider and the sole provider for a family and for a relationship. And they go overseas to experience what they are unable to experience in, in their home countries. And I think probably what, you know, what the critics issue with Passport Bros is that they try to diminish American and Western women and say that the problem lies with them. And, you know, maybe some of it is also with them. There's a big problem with ingratitude, especially in the age of social media. But outside of that, there's also a probably bigger issue of men unable to have access to that traditional gender role that they saw their fathers experiencing because the economic situation has shifted, you know? It went from a two-parent household, it went from a one-parent household earning the money in the 1970s where, you know, one man going to work could pay all the bills, could pay the mortgage, could send his kids to school to now most in most homes in the U.S., in Europe, most homes are two working parent homes, you know, it takes twice the twice amount twice as many people to make the same amount of money that they did in the 1970s. And with that economic shift, of course, there's also going to be a societal shift in that that's why that's why Passport Bros can even feel comfortable to say things like, you know, what do women bring to the table? What is the value that women bring? You know, why don't women want to go 50-50? Because that's in the context of, of the tradi- traditional role of men and women, that's a pretty outrageous thing to say. You know, that's a that's something that somebody says who doesn't realize that part of the power comes from being the financial provider and comes from being able to say that you've got everything covered, you know? And then the final point that I will make, you know, one of the other complaints that's connected to the last one but slightly different is that they argue that Western women have lost the values, the traditional values that, you know, women from more traditional societies still have. So, you know, they still know how to respect men. They still know how to be soft. They still know how to be submissive. They still know how to cater to men, which means that men are able to play their roles. So in in their view, the problem is essentially one, it's a psychological problem. It's a loss of traditional values of not knowing how to behave in a modern world, of not knowing how to still have, you know, the values that they have espoused, as I just listed. Now, the other side of that, I would say, or the other lens through which to view that, and this is this, this is viewed everywhere around the world. So what you often see is that in traditional societies, those societies are traditional until women get economic liberation. So you see, uh, there was this great article that I read about how the divorce rate in China increased significantly once women were able to access the workplace. And when you break down why that is and you and when you investigate what that is the reason is that these women were essentially trapped in relationships that were not fulfilling in many ways with often abusive men who abused the power that they had they financially exploited them they weren't faithful to them they weren't committed to them there are all kinds of issues and once they were able to access the workplace and were able to earn money for themselves and were you know guaranteed that they could provide for themselves and their child or children then essentially they no longer 
had to be tied to that person that's when you see the massive the massive rises in divorces and in most circ- in most countries in the US in the UK and across Europe most divorces are initiated by women because usually women feel unfulfilled in relationships because they feel as though they have the children that they have and then they have the man who's also sort of a child in that they're doing all the physical labor all the emotional labor and what and essentially becomes too much essentially so while the passport bros perceive western women as having a deficiency in the right psychological outlook or the right sort of so societal values i guess you could say the problem is actually rooted in in financial resources and access to financial resource because in many of the countries that they're going to as i mentioned earlier you know girl children don't have access to education the murder rate in in many latin american countries is pretty high for women you know and there's often not convictions um for the men who kill them or the men who you know yeah who end their lives so what you have what you have is a situation where and also many countries as well by the way you know still practice child marriage of, of children so they're not societies in which women have a lot of economic opportunities and that's why when passport bros selectively choose to go in poor countries so like i said they're not going to japan they're not going to uae they're not going to rich countries rich non-western countries they're specifically going to poor non-western countries And they're doing that because they know that their money speaks over there. They know that they can basically purchase deference and they can use their money to exert control over these women and to exert influence over these women. And of course, they're going to get women who are compliant because women have very few economic resources. And for women who have economic resources, when they see a Western man who has money, who's promising them this life, and all they require of them is to do the things they have to do in their own societies anyway, then of course the woman can't do enough for these men of course they're going to cater to their every whim and they're going to say exactly what they want to hear because it's not as though these women aren't intelligent women they know that that's what they need to do to survive and then the flip side of that is obviously with the passport bros you know it's it's a tacit agreement on both sides so the women agree to play their role because they know what's at stake for them but the passport bros also it also speaks to their character because what they're essentially saying is they're going after women who have very few economic resources who have therefore very little agency and very few alternative choices so that's why these women can't do enough for them it's because they feel as though these men are the best that they can do and as far as the passport bros are concerned you know there's a word for people who go for the weak and go for people who don't have alternative options and choices and that word is predator they are behaving in predatory ways they are using their money to go to poor countries where the people there and the women there make significantly less money than they do which means that they have much more influence over how they behave and the kinds of behaviors they can get these women to engage in and that's why you see these women in these videos tripping over themselves to please and to be deferential and to seem polite and and sweet and and they can't do enough for these men it's because they know that their livelihoods depend on them being able to meet the whims of these men 
And that's why, you know, even when they speak, they literally parrot exactly what the men say. So the men will say American woman X, X, Y, Z, and then the women will parrot the exact same thing. Even though the, even though these women have not had any exposure probably or experiences with dealing with American women or Western women, they'll still say the things that they know that these men need them to say because they have to. And so what, you know, what is an entertaining and sometimes disturbing sort of collection of videos of passport bros going, you know, all across the world to poor countries and bragging about all these women that are happy to meet their every whim. You know, it's not just entertainment, you know, at the core of it is a level of exploitation that you know, makes me uncomfortable and should really make everybody uncomfortable because, you know, we're only seeing the the parts that they broadcast. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me for us to find out more disturbing details in the future as these women, you know, see that password bros can't give them the futures that they promise and start to tell us some of their some of their horror stories. And, you know, I hope for their sake that that isn't the case, but I really do th- think that that is going to be what we see later on. So anyway, that wraps up um, my episode on Passport Bros. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts and what you thought. And if you had any comments, if you had any other ideas, or if you thought that I misrepresented sort of what they believe, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is in the description of the episode. So anyway, that's it for this week. And to catch you on the next one.